Hello, everyone. My name is Juan Carlos, and welcome to OCR Unedited, where we highlight amazing coaches, athletes, and everyday people in the OCR and trail communities for fun, unscripted, and unedited conversation. Today, we are looking at, well, we will be looking at it a differently yet absolutely critical piece of OCR, which is your health, your wellness, and nutrition, and, for, and fueling, for the prop, uh, fueling properly for your training and your OCR races. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Eddie and April, who are the founders of Zen and Tonic. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, guys. I'm excited to chat with you guys. So how are you? We're great. Good. We're loving the warm weather we're still having. It's September and the sun's shining and it's awesome. But it's it, it's going by so quickly. Jesus Christ. So quick. But we also Jesus have to look forward to fall and colder temperatures and think how much harder you can push in a bit cooler weather. That's right. So. Health, wellness, and nutrition is one of those things I think we struggle with. There's so much contradictory information out there, and it is very confusing. So hopefully we can learn something that it doesn't have to be when you're armed with the right information. So before we jump into that, Ed and April, can you share your story with us? How did you both get started in health, wellness, and nutrition, get hooked on OCR, and blend the both together to form such a successful business? Should yeah. I take that away? Yeah, you go first. Awesome. She, she explains okay. it way better. <laughs> um, well, if for everyone there, we're not only work partners, we're also life partners. So we were both with each, we, our relationship started before we even did OCR and even before we were in the health industry. Um, so I was actually doing international business and marketing and you were doing- I was still doing kinesiology. Kinesiology so at Laurier. Um, and then I jumped into the corporate world and I realized that it just wasn't my passion. I wasn't loving it. I really love, you know, cooking with natural foods and learning about food and just helping people um, with their health. And then I actually had my own um, kind of, I was diagnosed with that common term IBS, so irritable bowel syndrome. And um, I kept going to, to like the emergency room and they gave me T3s. And I was like, no, 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 there's something wrong with me. Like, I'm always thirsty. I'm going to the washroom a lot. Like, I feel like I'm not absorbing my nutrients. And they're like, you have IBS, just take medications. So I kind of went on my own journey with Eddie's help and his parents who told me to do acupuncture and do traditional Chinese herbs. And that was the only thing that gave me relief. And I was just like, this is such an ancient medicine. Why don't people know about this? Like, why aren't, why isn't conventional medicine giving me the care that this is giving me? Um, so I took the leap of faith and I left and went to herbal medicine at the same time that Eddie was doing his acupuncture. Um, and long story short, I did not have IBS. I was chronically deficient in sodium. All I needed to do was eat more salt, which is crazy. No one would think in this day and age that someone would be salt deficient, but my mom never put salt on food and I worked out a lot and I sweat a lot and I wasn't replacing it. And I was drinking too much water. Wow. Yeah. So that kind of, you know, that kind of newfound, you know, um, knowledge was like, I need to practice this and share this with people that you have to clear the cut clutter and the buzz and really understand and listen to your own body and figure out the underlying issue. So it's not the symptoms that we're looking at. It's like pushing those symptoms away and being and understanding what is the underlying issue? You know, what, how did this all start? What happened five years ago when I started seeing these symptoms? Um, and then with that, that kind of spurred both of our, our passion to help people get more in tune with their bodies and understand the the root cause which is what we do at zen and tonic yeah and it's great because since we're on the zen side of the business and she's the tonic side of the business we also synergistically help people and really kind of get the whole package whereas 
sometimes a lot of people are missing a lot of things where oh, we wish we can help, but we can't. So it actually works really well with April and I to kind of work together with a patient that needs help. Mm-hmm. It's not just diet. It's not just lifestyle. It's a combination. Again, it's holistic. Yeah. Um, you bring up an important, to- an important topic that to me is very sensitive and you brought up sodium. Um, why? Because my father, um, I don't want to go too much into it, into it, but he fell down because he was low in sodium. He was taking, he took a certain pill that we didn't know that it affected it throughout the years that it lowered his sodium. And once your low, your sodium is lowered, it can be detrimental because it affects the way you think. Mm-hmm. And it can either shut down, it could also shut down your brain and your system. Exactly. So, Every cell in your body has a sodium potassium pump. It's so important. And so now he's taking sodium tablets uh, and we've removed that underlying that issue we removed that one pill and now he's getting better but we're giving him sodium tablets in order to increase and get better uh because with sodium you've got to be really careful when you're giving somebody sodium because too much sodium can be also hurtful everything's about balance okay so um here's another question regarding that so apart from working with athletes and ocr athletes and trail athletes do you also work on the on um elderly people yes we, we do. Um, would I say that elderly are a bit harder to work with? I mean, they've had a, lo- a long life. So what we do, the biggest thing that we do is change habits. And I think the longer you have lived on this planet, the harder the habits that are ingrained into you are to change. Um, so we love to work, but it's it takes a bit more time and we have to work a bit slower. Um, but that's one of the huge passions for us. I think Eddie works more so um, with um, on like the whole acupuncture front, especially with the nervous system. Um, but I work a lot with like my uh, herbal tinctures and my herbal teas uh, to support. So those can help cardiovascularly, um, with lungs, with arthritis, everything. Same with diet. If you have inflammation, you got to reduce the inflammation and acidity in your diet. So um, we definitely have a wide clientele because we we herbs and acupuncture can really help everyone. The umbrella is really big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The umbrella is really big where we go from infants dealing with psoriasis or uh, moms are trying to become pregnant um, to athletes are injured. So it really helps that we can go diverse. Mm-hmm. And that's why we love doing what we do because we see such a big way. That's awesome. Um, at Zen and Tonic, you also focus on fueling for performance. Um, with so many conflicting thoughts on nutrition, what it seems like a million different fad diets out there, where does mm-hmm. someone even begin? Yeah, for sure. So, oh my gosh, talk about buzz, right? Uh, the amount of people that have come in trying to do keto and they've gotten heartburn from it, or you know, they've, they've had a whole bunch of slew of digestive issues or people who are on this low fat diet and they're exhausted and their hormones are out of whack. So. The most important thing, again, is what we do is you have to personalize it. Just because your favorite athlete who wins every single race is a vegan warrior, it doesn't mean that that works perfectly for you. Um, just because, you know, this, your, 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 your friends are doing keto and it's working for them, you know, maybe it's not working for you, right? So it, it's all about listening to your body. I can't stress that enough. I think Eddie and I always tell people, slow down 
listen to your body. What's your body telling us? Our bodies are fine tuned machines. They tell us everything we need, whether that's cravings or headaches or, you know, fatigue, there's something, there's disbalances there. You know, like I just had a whole webinar and we talked about poop, which makes people uncomfortable, but it tells you so much about yourself and your digestive system. Right. So again, just be uncomfortable and get uncomfortable with listening to your body and slowing down. Um, but also to add to that, um, understanding the diet. So not just saying, okay, I'm going to, let's take keto. It's a really good buzzy one right now. Let's not just take keto and be like, okay, I'm eating a full fat diet. I can eat bacon wrapped chicken wings, you know? Okay. Yes. Fat is good for you. It's a, you know, the majority of your brain is made from fat. You can go to a ketogenic state, but understanding that saturated fat from dairy and from animals is very acidic and very pro-inflammatory. Whereas unsaturated fat from raw nuts and seeds and fish and eggs is anti-inflammatory and it regulates your prostaglandin theories. So your anti-inflammatory mechanisms. So much better. So instead of having the large percentage of ketogenic diets, which is all saturated fat, we want to reverse that and bring in more unsaturated fat. Okay. So it's getting more educated instead of just jumping on the bandwagon. I think that's what a lot of people do. They jump on the bandwagon because they think that's because, you know, that's the thing to do. And then, oh, if everybody's doing it, then it must be good. But really, like you said before, just because it, it just because a diet is good for Ed or for someone else doesn't mean that it's going to work good for me. 100%. 100%. And again, it's all about getting in tune with your body and educating yourself. And that's just not for athletes. That's just for everybody exactly it's literally for everyone and you, you you know you hit the nail with the hammer and oh the God. same thing with balance right so yeah is our carbs you know not the best no but it doesn't mean that not all carbs are bad vegetables are carbs right so it's just about educating yourself and again decluttering that buzz you'd be amazed how many people don't know that that vegetables are carbs yeah and corn is a starch not a vegetable <laughs> there you go people as an OCR athlete, what do I need to do differently in my nutrition than someone who isn't doing the heavy training or competing the way we do? Um, how do I feel for performance? Is there a, a difference depending on um, where in the season I'm in? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, if you're in, in season, you're doing lots of races and your intensity is really high, we're going to focus more on a carbohydrate um, you know, high diet, right? So we're not going to just do like the white bread and the, the passes and stuff. I'm going to try to focus more on, you know, a higher carb diet, but also those complex carbohydrates that's going to provide minerals and nutrients. And there's still some fiber in there too, for a slower burn carbohydrate. Um, not that that wouldn't be before races, but that'd be like throughout the, the week and during that season. Um, and then when you're off season, um, you know, more of a higher fat, again, talking, touching upon those unsaturated fats and that anti-inflammatory diet to help reduce any inflammation that you would have caused in your peak training. Okay. So when you're off season, you really want to work on regenerating the body, rejuvenating the body and healing it. So doing a more alkaline and a more, um, anti-inflammatory style diet. You touched something that's very important that I'm starting to learn about, and I think a lot of viewers don't know about this, is alkaline. Um, what is alkaline? Yeah, for sure. So going back to what, grade seven, maybe? The, yeah. the pH scale, you find <laughs> fast, right? So you have um, alkaline and acidic, right? So base and acidity. And you have that perfect middle ground, which is a seven, right? So um, we want to make sure that we have uh, and I would say more base and more alkalinity, that's less in inflam inflammation. And it's a lot easier on your body to break down. 
Okay. It doesn't put a load on your body. So when we say, when we say we're in like, oh gosh. Don't worry. Oh. Don't worry. We all get calls. I still have you. Okay, good. Sorry. Okay. We thought we lost you. I was like, oh no. Um, when we eat foods like um, all protein is acidic, right? Or we eat sugar. What happens in, in our body when we eat those acidic foods, our body actually has to buffer minerals from our system, our cells, and also from our bones to alkalinize those foods. Okay. So we, we want to eat more alkaline foods to reduce the inflammation in our body. We also have a dog here. <laughs> He's usually really, very well behaved. <laughs> how my cats haven't gone by yet. Yeah, right? Just like walking on the screen. Um, so yeah, so um, another way to test the acidity of your body is doing um, a urine sample test. So you can go to like a Shoppers Drug Mart or a GNC and you can get pH strips. That's and right. again, you want your, if this is a pH scale and this is acidic and this is alkaline, so it's one to 14, 14 being acidic, we want to be on the lower end. So you want to be kind of below a six. So anywhere from like a four to a six would be a good range. Um, okay. And so what if an athlete or just a regular person is over six and they're, let's say eight or nine, what should they do? They need to assess their diet, right? Are you having way too much sugar? And again, sure. For athletes, it's so different when we're talking about sugar versus the common person. If we're an athlete and we're burning like 3,000 calories a day or going for you know a half a marathon, we need to make sure that we're having those quick carbohydrates, we're having those quick sugars, and we're having them in our body. But when we're not doing those, we have to make sure that we have you know less of that sugar intake, less of that stress on our body. Oh, of course. So here's an, a, a question for Ed. Ed, you've been doing a lot of trail running, or not so much trail, road running, let's say, right? You know, you're doing a great job out there, buddy. So yeah, try try to keep up. <laughs> you did 120 kilometers of trails with me last week. So did the dog. I'm very proud of them. Buddy, I want to get out there and run with you both or you, Ed. But yeah. here's a question for you. Um, what's your nutrition like? How do you, yeah, what's your fueling like bef um, to get you up? <laughs> I know. But what's your nutrition like? I mean, because you're doing a lot of running. So so I find myself, I work better with more carbs and for example, like more quinoa for me, brown rice, wild rice and sweet potato. And just kind of that realm is more, I, I eat more of that than she does just because I react way better with performance than not having as much. And that just shows the differences of when she eats certain things, I eat certain things I have more of or less of, and that's why we have a good balance of. And she really puts in perspective of like, okay, like you should probably have this um, before the trail run. And we usually have set meals of, we kind of know like before, let's say an OCR race, we kind of have our like go-to meals that we have. And same with like a morning for a trail run, we usually have our like normal, like yeah, tell me what you oatmeal, eat for example, like oatmeal with fruit, a um, little bit of salt. So it could be like protein powder, protein powder um, but the protein powder is actually different now. We have like a really good uh, protein powder called the Ancient Nutrition uh, Collagen. Apple's going to grab it. But that protein has been our go-to just because it's been so clean to our stomach and you don't get gassy. You feel great. That's actually... That's and it's, it's that... a collagen protein powder. So it's not made from whey. We don't like whey. Whey is very pro-inflammatory and it doesn't digest as well. Um, so this also helps not only for digestive and healing the digestive lining, it also works specifically into your connective tissue health and your tendons. So that's why we partnered with them. They just came out from the States. 
Um, but yeah, that's something that we work into our diet. Call it, I would say collagen is a good buzzy food right now. Yeah. Uh, it's a, it's a good buzz. And I think, you yeah. know, if you make sure you get that, the hydrolyzed version, you get a good source. I think it is good, especially for athletes and, and seniors and people who are aging. Hmm. Now yeah. also nutrition also depends on the different types of races and the different distances. For, for example, sure. you've done long, uh, I think you've done a marathon. So what, what would your nutrition be like if you were to do a 5k? 5k yeah so i would say the breakfast is still the same uh but the time is like still the same two and a half hours i would eat my um, oatmeal in the morning so that i have time to digest go to the washroom whatever yeah. um and then beforehand take a salt tab before the race same thing of with the long race and then in that 5k i'll probably have just one gel if that um, okay no you won't have anything no no, no. if if you might have a gel beforehand maybe. Like if it was a 5k race yeah you'd have a maybe because you don't have time legit you don't have time to spend unpacking that if it's fuel. anything under 45 minutes i wouldn't recommend yeah. taking a gel it wouldn't do anything she'd always suggest 45 minutes would be the yeah. goal but obviously if you're slower and you're not getting to that 45 or higher then obviously you're gonna take that She's your, she's your nutritionist and your coach, right? Yeah, but, <laughs> but the difference is, is that when people go like, oh, like back in the day when April was doing a lot of races, yeah. people want to house her body able to keep up with everything, right? So she would be really good with the nutrition side and eating well, but I would always like push her for therapy because she's always set in the mind of like, go, go, go. But I would always like slow her down and be like, you really need to take care of this because I feel like it's going to be an issue. And she's, oh, no, 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 like, it's fine, it's fine. And that's where we, we kind of see that we balance, we balance really well with that. Yeah. Awesome. What are your thoughts on healthy food habits, the ideal plate and supplementation for OCR athletes? Um, like a general overview of like, what the ideal plate would be? Okay, yeah, for sure. And so I believe, like, in theory, the ideal plate for any individual, I think, should be, you know, you plate your veggies first. It accounts for 50% of your plate. Um, quarter would be some sort of complex carbohydrate. And then another quarter would be a quality protein, making sure it's a quality protein. It's, you know, and not just like ground beef all the time, right? For an OCR athlete, the only thing I would change on that is I would reduce the size of the veggies and I'd increase the carbohydrate intake. Wow. Um, the other thing I also always make sure people add to their meals is a teaspoon to a tablespoon of an unsaturated fat. So a healthy oil. Okay. So again, I feel like there's not enough emphasis on fats these days. And that's a big thing that helps reduce inflammation, helps um, with, you know, um, digestive health and also helps reduce, um, you know, cravings after meals. So adding like um, a flaxseed oil or a pumpkin seed oil or hemp seed oil to meals, I would, I would suggest that. Um, I mean, making sure that the protein is enough. Um, our bodies really can only absorb 30 to 35 grams of protein per sitting. So you can't really max, you can't really increase that protein too much. Okay. So if I'm doing the protein and then I'm also doing more of a complex carb, that complex carb will have some protein in it. Okay. So I want to make sure that my meal as an athlete probably has that 30 to 35 um, gram protein. And that's again, depending on what protein we're serving, that will um, change the size of it. I mean, that's not easy. I mean, it's easier said than done. Um, just because in, me being uh, born in Canada, but Latin American, and our foods can be, everything has to do with rice. Same. Everything is around rice, Jesus Murphy, and fried foods. And so I, it took me a long time 
thank God for the wife who's also my nutritionist and takes care of the food because if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be in the sport. Oh my God, I'd be in trouble. Mm -hmm. So I had to educate myself on food and, and how to better fuel myself and in, for my training as well to be in this game. But uh, what about you, Ed? Like, for example, I mean, both of these are athletes. So what would a, a plate like a plate be like when you guys are having your dinner? Before a race? Uh, no. Every day, every, you know, any, any, any time of the day, evening. We're busy today, apparently. Uh, <laughs> I turned our notifications off, too. Go ahead. It's okay. Don't worry about it. So what was the question? Um, what would be your average plate look like for so, meals? For example, salmon, grilled salmon, um, not too much of it, honestly. Like, you have too much. You're just, like she said, 33 grams, 35 grams of protein absorption. Um, you can't have too much of it. Uh, probably quinoa and then sweet potato would be like the most ideal. No, you wouldn't have sweet potato and quinoa. Sorry, you have <laughs> like veggies. asparagus. Mm. So I would say that would be the ideal plate for pre-race, like the night before. Yeah. Um, and that's how I kind of like foreshadow it. Um, but April, what would you say another plate? I, I would say again, like it depends. So our, our, our foods that we eat are the same, but our portions are different. So he's going to have a bit more protein and he's going to have a bit more carbs because I know his body works better on that. Whereas I'm more adapted to more of a fat diet. So I'm going to add a bit more. I'll say like, I'll add like some pumpkin seeds or some Brazil nuts on top of my veggies or something so that I'm more focused on some more fat because I run better on fat and those healthy fats. And I crave those more and they do better for my body than a lot more carbohydrates. So, um, and also touching upon the whole kind of carbohydrate and how a lot of people think like, oh, I want to have a big plate of pasta or I want to have a big plate of rice. So just touching upon that, understanding that when you have white rice and you have white pasta, are those nutrient dense? Are they providing your body with minerals and vitamins and calories, you know, or is it just filling your stomach with simple sugars, right? So before a race, we'd always have white rice. That's the only time I eat white rice is before a race because you don't want to have too much fiber before a race. You don't want to have, you know, too much of that PGP, if you guys know what I'm saying, before a race, right? Pre-game. Um, so but otherwise, we're going to be having those complex carbohydrates where you need to have less of an amount of them, and they provide a lot more nutrition for your body. So if we go into having half a cup of buckwheat, you know, that half a cup of buckwheat would probably have the same amount of calories as a full cup of white rice, but it's going to also have protein and fiber and iron and B vitamins and magnesium in it. Okay, so also under, understanding that not all carbohydrates are made equally. So when we also say that our plate is only a third carbohydrates, you have to understand that we're focused on those complex carbohydrates and, you know, we're going to get the same amount of energy from that as someone would with, say, a whole half a plate or a three quarters of a plate of white pasta or white rice. If, does, that, does that make sense to you? Yeah, it does. Um, what are your thoughts or recommendations when it comes to digestion and food sensitivities for OCR and trail athletes? Yeah, that's a great question. Sorry, all these questions are freeing me. I'm just, I feel like I'm talking so much. But when we get to the next topic of when I'm thinking about preparation mentally and physically, then they'll come to me. Okay, <laughs> um, so that's a, that's a great question. So um, you know, athletes, especially when we're going to race, that creates stress. What does stress cause? It can lead to leaky gut. Okay. And when we have leaky gut, just a bit, a quick rundown of leaky gut, our junctions in our stomach should be really tight like this. When we go over large amounts of stress, whether from the diet or from some, you know, event that happens in our life, something like COVID, these junctions separate. Okay. And then what happens is, you know, our food 
proteins from our food, they go through the tight junctions into our bloodstream. And then antibodies will come in and attack them. And that's how we get inflammation. Inflammation can come through diarrhea, constipation, um, sore joints, headaches, Stress. psoriasis, et cetera. Okay. So we want to figure out what proteins are getting through those junctions. Okay. So um, the easiest way to do that is to look at the top sensitivities. There's like nine of them. So number one is dairy, second is gluten, and there's like eggs and strawberries and citrus, etc. So what we do is we talk to people and we understand what have they had in their diet a lot um, or what do they have in their diet currently a lot and also what foods do they crave. Okay. When we um, eat foods that we're sensitive to our bodies, I don't know why we're too smart, they release dopamine to um, hide that, that inflammation. What happens, that's our feel-good hormone. So not only is that food creating you know, inflammation, we're also craving it more. For example, I used to love dairy. And then once I found out that I was finishing a tissue box once per day, like blowing my nose, I was like, oh yeah, that's normal. And then April goes, oh, that's, that's definitely not normal. No. So I was literally having like- the So I literally asked him, what food can you not live without? And he said, chocolate milk and what cheese or, or croissants. Croissants. And I was like, okay, we're eliminating dairy. This was a long time he ago. He stopped sniffling and he also could fall asleep anywhere. He no longer can fall asleep anywhere. Yeah, so slightly narcoleptic. So it also really like depends on, you know, the individual. So it's again, getting more in tune with your body that will tell you what you're sensitive to. And now he's so much better. And that can, that will affect performance twofold, right? For sure. Okay. So, I mean, with the next question, you probably answered it now, but you talk a lot about wholesome foods that can provide vitamins, minerals, and fibers, as well as foods that can, that can expose our bodies to chemicals, causes stress, uh, and unhormonal imbalance and increased inflammation. So, do you have any recommendations on how to make it easier? Any quick tips for the viewer or the regular person out there that's suffering from these things? Yeah, for sure. So I think two main things I already touched upon the whole carbohydrate. So get rid of anything that that's white, anything that's white, um, or like light brown, get rid of it. Okay. That's dead food. It's providing nothing to your body. Sub that out with complex carbohydrates. Okay. So again, before races, go for the white things. We don't want too much fiber. We want simple sugars. Um, any other time, start introducing a new carbohydrate you've never had, okay? If you've never tried buckwheat, I challenge you to go out and try buckwheat. So if you've good. never had amaranth or farro, it still has gluten in it, but it's still a complex grain. Um, uh, you know, if you like white pasta, go have lentil pasta or have, um, you know, at least change it from white pasta to whole wheat pasta. That's an easy change, okay? So that would be the one thing i change. The other thing I would urge people to do is um, we're not vegan. We eat animal protein, but I would say to start incorporating more plant-based um, proteins into your diet, especially lentils and legumes. Um, don't just go out and get, you know, fake meat made from gluten protein and soy. No, get real lentils, beans, process them properly, enjoy them. And then with the reduced cost of spending money on animal meats because animal meats are much more expensive than legumes and beans. So if you have, you know, two, four plant-based meals, take that extra money you're saving to go ahead and instead of buying tilapia and ground beef, go buy hormone-free chicken or save and for a race. lamb and, um, you know, antibiotic-free proteins that are going to cause less acidity and less harm in the body. 
you know what you touched on um you touched on the topic there uh plant-based so i went plant-based but i also changed it recently now and i'm having a little bit of protein because it works for me mm-hmm. uh, but it doesn't work for the wife um so she's all plant-based and so uh and then now going back to what you said before like what may be good but what may be working for someone you know doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work well with you and so uh, i have a witness as to you know to that statement that it is true um but yeah i mix if i could just say though if um if you are choosing for anyone out there who is choosing to go vegan and you're experimenting it again it's very buzzy right now and i'm i'm i we eat a lot of vegan but if you are going to go vegan and you're an athlete make sure you go to a nutritionist or a naturopath or you can reach i would love for you to reach out to us whether that's through you know in-person visits or virtual consults because you have to supplement properly if you're an athlete you're losing extra iron you know you're losing extra nutrients you're putting more stress on your body so if you're not supplementing to a tea and understanding what your body needs more of, I wouldn't recommend it. A lot of vegans come into my clinic or to our clinic and they're not eating enough protein. So they're not making hormones. They're not making, um, you know, energy. They're not replenishing their muscles and they're not supplementing with, you know, B vitamins and magnesium, you know, et cetera. Right. So I would just, again, I want to touch upon that, you know, the severity of turning vegan and how, if you're not willing to put extra time into your diet, um, you don't want to be, you know, um, you know, a vegan that's focusing on just simple carbs in those, those processed foods. It can be a very unhealthy diet too. Yeah, exactly. Very well said. <laughs> How has COVID-19 impacted your business? So it actually at first was hard because we're trying to figure out how we could survive. And a really big fortunate uh, aspect is what we're doing now is the virtual part. And the webinars have really opened up a new revenue stream for our business and helping corporate businesses to help with their clients understand health and wellness through the times that are pretty hard right now. And that's one big thing that has changed in our business. Mm -hmm. So yeah, so I guess the first four months we had to completely shut down. So I was just definitely pulling as much of the weight as I could because Eddie couldn't practice at all. So you don't practice for four months and then I was doing virtual consults and then I was um, playing my favorite part that I can is being a herbalist. So I would make up, you know, um, immune boosting teas, adaptogenic tinctures for stress, um, cream salves for, you know, healing, um, reducing inflammation in the muscles for um, reducing, you know, scars and bath salts and candles. So I kind of branched out in that way and made a lot more of my like apothecary um, like things. Um, and also to note is that I love the physical part and kind of people are kind of scared of going to get treatments. We try to really push the emphasis of being pain free at home. So a lot of people are working from home. So we're teaching a lot of ergonomics and health and understanding not to snack in areas where they're high uh, volume and being kind of an issue. Yeah, have, so, have healthier habits. Yeah, healthier habits. So we really changed our way of doing that. And that actually brought a lot of new clients into the clinic uh, that were like, oh, hey, like I would love to try this place finally. So now that they're more comfortable, now they're coming in. So that's kind of the things that we've seen since COVID started. Mm-hmm. And I think the last thing we did was we partnered with this dad and we create um, curbside foodies. So if anyone's in the Toronto area or the, um, you know, the, the GTA, we know um, we cater food. So we make prepared meals um, and a lot of them were made, you know, by me, I guess I, I really like fish and I don't think enough people eat fish or branch out on the types of fish they have. So I've made a whole kind of 
area of fish and everything is very minimally processed. So um, using good oils and very simple, easy on the body, easy fueling. And they do have a bit more emphasis, I'd say, on the anti-inflammatory fats and complex carbohydrates. So there is a larger amount of carbs in there too. So they're very filling. So if anyone is interested in that, we can always give a promo code for you to, to send out to your viewers. Now, why would you think that people don't eat a lot of fish? Is it because, you know, the word around the town is that it has too much mercury, so everybody stays away from it, and so they don't eat fish, and so they're, they miss out on the benefits of eating fish? Well, one thing to note is that I know for a lot of people that don't eat fish, it's because they don't like the taste, the texture, and they're like, oh, it smells when I cook it. And that's, or they don't know how to cook it. Yeah, they don't know how to cook it. Very true. Or they're scared, you know, they, a lot of people like, we love mackerel and sardines. Like I, my favorite thing is getting a whole fish and cooking like a chili and sea bass in the oven. And my friends come over and they're like, oh my God, like it has eyes. It has like the spine. What do I do with it? And I fillet it super quickly. Um, but like, don't be scared. That's a big thing for us. Add variety to your diet, mix it up. If you eat the same thing every day, your body's going to stop absorbing it the nutrients from it, or it's going to create a food sensitivity. Okay. So branch out, try new foods, try fish. The amount of anti-inflammatory fats in there is unreal. Right. So, and it's also eat cold water, wild caught fish in the smaller, the better. So that's why we don't have tuna on the menu or we don't have tilapia or other larger fish on the menu because they accumulate the toxins as they go up the food chain. So we have mackerel, we have cod, we have sea bass. Sea bass. Those are smaller fish that you want to focus on. Salmon is also great. You know, the fact that you mentioned the, uh, sardines, that's like the, you're the first person that's ever mentioned sardines that actually likes it. I love sardines. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, so good. The best. I don't know why people don't like it. You're the first ever since I've been in this country that actually said they like sardines. Okay, we'll have a sardine date one day then. Yeah. Oh my God, I love them. They're the highest in um, uh, the DHA, which is the, the healthy fats. Yes. My God, that's awesome. So you run your own successful business. You read, you research all the time. It, it probably seems effortless, but I'm sure it isn't. And so how do you find the time to balance everything out? We wake up super early. We go to gym at 5.15 a.m. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we make sure that we concrete and do a lot of our work in the time that's through the day. And then when we are at home, we make sure that we have our own personal time and not discuss work-wise and kind of live and enjoy life more so. But also making sure that she's the planner of adventures. So she always makes sure that like on weekends and maximizing our time, we always make sure to have fun and do things that are, hey, like simple walks to the beach or like, let's go for a trail run. Just as long as you're outside and doing things, that's the best part. Mm -hmm. But in terms of like the whole research side that you're asking about, you know, um, there is a lot to like declutter too. So we do try to find time where we each, you know, we each, we have email alerts to some of our favorite, you know, info and health and wellness um, you know, websites, even just like going on, um, a lot of clients will come in and they'll have a new condition that I've never heard of. And just going on to PubMed and just reading um, reports is also, you know, very important. But I just think there's so much information out there that it's hard to, to absorb all of it. So we're trying our best. Um, but I'd also say enjoy being a student. We always were con con continuously doing um, extra courses um, and going back to school. So I just went back and did an endocrinology course over COVID because I had a bit more time, right? So, you know, it's not just the professionals that should go back. It's everyone can sign up for their own course um, through like U of T have public courses, other universities have public courses. So if you're really passionate about something, don't be scared about going back and taking an extra course. 
No, it's true. And I think that you hit it right on the nose there with it, with the education. Now, the one thing is that when I was learning more about Zen and Tonic, I mean, when I visited your, your website, your, your page and your Facebook, the information was clear and concise. It's like, it's like very user-friendly. Anybody that goes in, when they read about you guys and your mission and what you guys do, it's very clear, so informative. And I think that people should go out and check and visit and learn and, you know, um, educate yourselves and reach out because, you know, these two can definitely help you. Um, have you both experienced struggles in your own nutrition or OCR career? And if you did, how did you manage through those times? Nutrition wise, I cramped up pretty bad at yeah. the beast in <laughs> Ottawa. Not funny, sorry, I don't know. I'm yeah, it's pretty funny. Three years ago, I was going pretty quick. And then at like kilometer like 16, I hit this wall of cramp and I just, my feet were just. His foot was in the ring on the rig. And I remember I was on the side cheering him on. And as soon as he put his foot on the ring and he pressed up, he his whole leg seized and the rig was at like the top of this like hill so he actually fell off backwards and the poor guy just kind of rolled down the hill like screaming in agony i was dying um, and then that, that's probably one of like the low blows of nutrition wise but um so to reiterate how that got better with that was basically understanding sodium uh, getting things better in terms of preparation uh, mentally and physically and enduring um but that's one of my things, but for you? Yeah. Um, I definitely feel that, uh, you know, I underfueled. So I can run, I can do 30K without water or nutrition. And, you know, not, I would not advise that. It's just my body can run on more fat and you can burn fat for fuel. Um, so I'm just, you know, learning that um, if I provide my body with more carbohydrates during the race and if I try to get it closer to that 30, every 30 minute, 35, 40 minute mark, you know, I can, I can excel better. Um, and also playing around with your, your gels, right? Not everyone works well in gels. Um, I, my body doesn't do well on fake sugars, right? So I'm either doing endurance tap or I'm doing, um, I get medjool dates and I take the pit out. I put a Brazil nut in there and I put mineral salt. So good. The type of salt is very important. Going back to little salt, table salt, iodine salt, get rid of that. It's bleach. There's, if anything, it's more acidic on your body. Always making sure you're using Himalayan pink salt or mineral salt. Okay. So, um, things like that. I, I feel better on natural foods and natural sugars. Um, so in that, in that way, I think that's what I've learned. Um, and also just learning, you know, the balance between, um, sodium and potassium. So adding a bit more potassium. Sometimes I take a potassium supplement, um, to, to balance out the amount of sodium. So a lot of the sodium, um, and electrolytes have so much sodium in there and there's not enough potassium. Um, so that's also something that I would say, just be careful of. Yeah. You know what, with the amount of gel packets that are out there or gel companies out there, some of them, for me, example, uh, for me as an example, um, they make me go to the washroom a lot, or some of them may just make me feel bloated. Some of them make me even want to go to the washroom when I'm running, which is, I really hate. And some of them have just a weird texture to them. I mean, do you, what do you recommend is something easy, um, that one can take before a race that it will be easy on the stomach? When you run with every step, it's, it's a lot of pressure that your stomach goes through and there's so much moving and going on. So what's something that one can take that will be so, so easy mm -hmm. that won't upset your stomach and then 
everything. Yeah, for sure. So I, again, I'm going back to that, those simple foods. So I would say endurance tap, it's, you know, the maple syrup that, that works really well. Um, it's a bit more money, but Morton, that's a really good one too. Cause you can do it in a drink mix instead. So oftentimes instead of eating something, if you're say biking or you're carrying, um, water with you, putting the fuel into your, um, your, your flask is also a better idea too, especially if you have a really sensitive stomach. So doing something like tailwind or scratch, or, um, you know, just making your own Morton drink with maple syrup um, and drinking it, that's gonna be a bit better. And staying away from those, those things, goo is pretty bad. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a, a, fake, um, a fake sugar. So if you don't have a good solid digestive system, your body's gonna react to that because it, it can't break it down as much. It's seeing it as a foreign invader almost in your body. And it has things like, um, you know, milk powders and gluten in there. So also if you have a sensitivity to foods, when you're exercising, your body's under higher amounts of stress. So it might react to those foods again, more so than it would if you weren't racing. So again, if you have a food sensitivity, making sure that you know, you know, those fancy words that actually mean dairy or that actually mean gluten that people don't know about. Again, if you wanna do food sensitivity tests, um, a practical ones by eliminating the foods, reach out to me, I'd love to help you. They're very simple, they're very effective. Um, but that's something I would recommend. And also just knowing that if you're going for anything underneath an hour, you don't really need food. Right. So I think some people, not the large majority, but some people do overfuel when you don't really need to. So anything, you know, under 45 minutes or an hour, you really just need water. And then the big thing to note, a lot of people just go into a race and they just eat the fuel that they're never tried before in training. Mm -hmm. So it's a very good technique to do where a month beforehand to really work in those long runs or even short runs to have the fuel so that you understand your body's intake of how you react to them and get used to it. Exactly. Practice. Yeah, you have to experiment to know what works for you. You, you can't assume that a gel packet, uh, I'm not going to say a name as an example, but, um, but yeah, you can, you don't think that a gel packet, just because it's a, a name brand is going to work well with you or for you, because they can actually do the opposite. And the last thing you need is issues when you're actually on a, on a race. So yeah, no, you're right. Now with sodium tablets, do you, if, if your race is, let's say an hour and a half to two hours, do you take, uh, do you pop in tablets, sodium tablets? If it's a, if it's a, if it's anything longer than say a half marathon, so anything longer than an hour, 15 minutes, I'll probably start with a sodium tablet before the race. So I usually do a sodium tablet in a gel before I start my race. And then, um, for example, for, um, a marathon, I actually take magnesium supplements. It's a muscle relaxant. And I also take, um, sodium pills. Um, and during a marathon, I'll usually take one caffeine pill. So let me ask you, um, just to educate people, why would you take a sodium tablet? Well, you're uh, for your electrolyte balance, right? So as you run and as you, you, you exert yourself, you're going to be losing a lot of minerals and a lot of specifically sodium through your sweat. Okay. So if you're sweating a lot and you ever see your a black shirt, it's going to look a little white, right? Or you're going to feel, you know, even salt on your underneath your eyelids, your body is opening a lot of salt and that's to help cool your body down um, and to reduce your body heat. Um, so in turn, you have to replace that salt. Um, and salt is very, very important for our, um, our nervous system. So it's our nerve reaction from our brain to our muscles. That's really, really important. Okay. Um, so that's why you want to replace it. Hmm, that's true. What about when somebody's doing one of those long distances and, uh, they get goosebumps, you know, you know, that feel that bumply feel on, on your skin. Is mm -hmm. that because also you are lacking sodium? 
Dehydration. Yeah, for sure. So it might not be specifically sodium, but it will be an electrolyte balance or a water imbalance. You almost feel cold when it's so, so hot out. You get those goosebump feelings and that's your nervous system almost shutting down. And that's where spasms can occur after um, probably the next X amount of time. And that's where it's really harmful to the body. So you never want to get to that point. You never want to get the point that you feel hungry. You never want to get the point that you feel like you're um, you're dehydrated or you get those goosebumps. You always want to be feeling before that. So again, a good rule of thought, a good rule of thumb is every 40, 45 minutes, you want to get about 80 grams of that carbohydrate into you. No, awesome. That's great news. Um, is there anything else that you both would like to mention that I've neglected to ask? I talked a lot. Do you have anything? <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no, but basically what I was going to say is that a lot of times that athletes with OCR nutrition is great. Only problem is that there's a lot of mental issues where it's blocking in their heads where they're so anxious for this race and they can't sleep. So what we do is that we help a lot with prepping the mind and understanding, Hey, like visualize that obstacle. When you climb through that rig, uh, understanding, like when you jump through this mound of mud, this is what you're going to do. So visualization is very important in athletes because when you do things subconsciously and you do it with zero effort and anxiety, you save that much more energy, you feel better. And, uh, that just helps you with your performance in general. Mm -hmm. And also things like um, activation and prep before the race. So coming in and having massage or getting acupuncture to stimulate your muscles, um, you know, four days before the race is something you want to do. Um, even things like cupping to remove any stagnation, open everything up, making sure we're not too tense or too stiff so we can have the most um, range of mobility, um, especially acupuncture does that wonderfully. So just having a tune-up before a race, I would definitely highly re recommend. And that's definitely something that I do. Um, and then two things on my side that I like to do is after a race, uh, yeah, it's all dandy to go have a beer or go have that cheat meal. But something I always make sure that I have on hand is a jar with my, you know, collagen protein powder, BCAAs and some glutamine in there. And as much as I don't feel like that after my race, I'm going to force myself to have it so that I can at least replace some of that protein and some of those, um, you know, even up at salt pill in there, uh, just to replace and add a bit of extra feeling. I feel like that moment after the race is so, so important. And a lot of us neglect that. And I think that is so key to just have something on hand that you can put in your body that's fueling and regenerative for your body. Um, and then last but not least, um, I think hydration is a big, um, point. Um, and in, you know, in that aspect, using herbs. So instead of just drinking water or drinking coffee, may as well get some, you know, um, herbs in there that are going to help support your nutrient um, intake or reduce inflammation, support joint and tissue health, um, you know, support stamina and speed. So um, as a herbalist, that's a big passion of mine. And I think it's something that's really forgotten right now. And it's amazing how much that can do for athletes. Um, so get curious, ask me questions, reach out, um, or do some, do some of your own online learning. Of course. I mean, if people are looking to find out more about Zen and Tonic, where should they go? Yeah, for sure. So they can email us at um, info at zenandtonic.ca. Um, so again, that's just zen and tonic. So instead of gin and tonic, it's zen and tonic, uh, .ca. Um, we, we can send you something if you can, if you want to put something on, um, we can, we can also give a, a discount code for any apothecary, um, you know, um, CBD oil. We also use as, you know, something to reduce inflammation. 
um, during sport, if someone does always have inflammation, instead of taking NSAIDs or like aspirin, so much better. Um, but yeah, you can reach out through email. You can give us a call. You can, even if you want, we're very friendly. We're very open. You can just Facebook Eddie or, or myself on Facebook or, 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 always, or Instagram. We're always open to chatting, um, through our own personal accounts as well and educating. Um, but we, again, we love educating and teaching. We offer a free 15 minute consult. So if anyone wants to understand if it's a good fit or they have questions for us, please feel free to call in. Or if you're interested in curbside foodies, you can also reach us there too. Guys, um, you know what? It's been such a pleasure speaking with you both today. I mean, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing all this valuable information. Uh, I, I swear it's such good information. Uh, I learned a lot. Wow. Right. Um, I'm sure that there's also a lot of information that we weren't able to cover. And I'm hoping that uh, we can do this again. I can have you guys on and we can touch on other subjects uh, that are very important, not just for an athlete, uh, whether it be OCR or trail, but um, a regular people, just a regular person that can actually, that could use these tools in order to uh, improve. And also they can also check your, uh, check out your, uh, your website and uh, reach out to you guys and ask you any questions. Yeah, for sure. Um, I look forward to having you guys back on again. And once again, thank you for making the time to speak with me today. Enjoy your day guys. Thank you so much. And everybody out there listening, guys, take care. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye guys. Thank Bye. you. Thank you.